Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Nonprofit U, a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, your host. I'm a consultant to nonprofits and I specialize in community and organizational development. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities. You can find Nonprofit U on Facebook and on Twitter. I encourage you to follow us and to comment early and often using the hashtags Nonprofit U, Do Gooder Consulting, or Four Steps to College, and that's the numeral four and numeral two, so Four Steps to College. You can also leave comments on blogtalkradio.com forward slash nonprofit underscore you. The chat room is open right now, and you can post comments and questions. In order to use the chat room, you must open a listener-only account, and you can find a link to open the account on the page for this episode. And you can also email me questions at consulting at com. We'll be taking questions by phone and from our chat room at about the 30-minute mark or so. The call-in number is area code 347 884 Again, that number is area code 347-884-8121. Today's topic is Four Steps to College. We'll talk about some of the issues that students face when financing their college education, and we'll also share winning strategies that provide an overview of the work to do gooder consulting and the work that they've done in education and nonprofit arenas we have extended our podcast to one hour, and we encourage you to call in with questions at the 30-minute mark. You can start posting in the chat room and emailing questions right now. Again, my email number, my email address is consulting at com. If you want to participate in the live chat, you must open an account, and a link is found on the episode page. Again, the call-in number is 347 347- 884-8121, nonprofit and community development professionals, as well as parents and counselors and folks who are involved in the education arena are especially encouraged to call in and share your stories. Today's guest is J.P. Paulus. J.P. grew up in Hoffman Estates and went to school at Northwestern University. He then moved to the north side of Chicago, where he started his involvement with urban ministry through the Uptown Baptist Church. His work with Uptown's youth ministry developed his heart for networking and resourcing, becoming city networker for Youth Partners Net. JP spent time with the Illinois Student Assistance Commission, gaining much knowledge and passion to help students get to college and find the resources to graduate. He now lives in the Chatham community on the south side of Chicago and is the president of Do Gooder Consulting, where he provides consulting services for churches, nonprofits, and small businesses. He's also a writer for the Sixth War blog, which provides news and commentary for, for the neighborhoods in and around the Sixth Ward, and we should be reminded that this blog is not affiliated with any political organization. J.P. Paulus can be contacted by calling or texting 
1-800-273-8008 or by email at jp at do-gooder.us. The Do Gooder Consulting website can be found at www.do-gooder.us and the Do Gooder blog with informational updates can be found at http colon forward slash forward slash blog dot do hyphen gooder dot us. So thanks for joining us today, JP. Thank you, Valerie. Mm-hmm. And before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about Do Gooder Consulting, what brings you to this work with nonprofits, and most importantly, how you got to work working with parents to help them get their kids to college? Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, um, I've been working with nonprofits for about 20 years now, and um, wow. so, and some of the things I've noticed is that um, there are areas where some leaders really thrive in, but then there's some other areas, such as uh, administration, where they kind of really fall short in. And so that that's been on my mind over the past 20 years, and then. In the middle of that time, I worked with the Illinois Student Assistance Commission and uh, was really blessed to work with a department that has a real sincere caring about uh, families. And they just taught me mm-hmm. not just about financial aid, which is their main mission, but also just the whole college-going process and um, just how to connect with uh, people and organizations to do that. Because um, of the uh, lack of stability in our economy and in our own state government here in Illinois, um, felt that creating a consulting firm for churches and nonprofits might be the best way to use my talents for society. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea the idea with being a consultant is that um, an organization can get a boost in a much-needed area, but they don't have to worry about um, layoffs because you know, we would be doing it on a short-term basis. So um, rather, I want them to be uh, feel empowered and receive some help while also, like, especially with churches, to be able to maintain their beliefs and their mission. And mm-hmm. um, I think the consulting really... Uh, sort of gives that flexibility for both ends. And um, my experience includes uh, the financial aid and college-going process, um, also mm-hmm. uh, building of youth worker teams, um, as well as administration and uh, even basic web setup. And uh, one of my other specialties that um, I'm just throwing out there if anybody needs it is um, I also have experience with dealing with premature babies and the system that can help wow. them uh, with that. Yeah, so I have two daughters that are born um, – First one was born at 23 and a half weeks and 15 and a half ounces. And wow. I think, yeah, she, yeah, so I think she, six years later, she inspired her little sister to uh, be born at 26 weeks and one and a half pounds. And um, oh, they're both goodness. doing great. Yeah, so they're both doing great. But uh, there are a lot of lessons that I learned along the way that um, if there are any parents out there that need that kind of help or if you know somebody needs that help, I can also help navigate that process too. There's um, there's some great resources out there, but if you didn't, don't know the system, it can uh, you could miss out. But um, just anyways, uh, yeah, I can help out. I'd love to do that. Oh, that is awesome. And and I want to say you don't look like you've been doing anything on this earth for 20 years. You barely look like you've been here for 20 years. Thanks. That's great. So why should nonprofit leaders even care about issues of college education and finance? You know, I, I know you're dealing with nonprofits as well as college education. Yeah. Well, I think um, nonprofits really uh, play a vital role in the college-going process. So uh, many times our students are uh, far more willing to talk to somebody who's in a nonprofit, like an after-school program or uh, a church youth group, than they would their own parents. Um, And I see that with my own family as well, that uh, sometimes you just need somebody with an outside voice that even though you might be saying the same thing uh, the the parents are, but you actually uh, have an authority that that the students uh, will listen to. 
And uh, mm-hmm. the benefit for the organization, in addition to just the students' success themselves, is that then their students can also um, learn to give back. Uh, they'll have access to resources when they go to college, such as uh, they might be able to bring a mission group over uh, for the summer. That I know that that's happened with a lot of churches. Um, also, in the long term, uh, yeah, they might be uh, willing to come back to your organization and bring the skills that they've learned, uh, the connections they have, um, and, and then which could turn into donors and volunteers to the organization and then just continue uh, an upward cycle. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, those students, because they're going to college, they will be, they'll have some credibility to create um, deep and lasting ties between the organization and, um, and outsiders. And that would benefit even more youth in the future. Um, and I think just um, one thing that um, organizations do need to know though, that they, they might feel like they're doing it, but that if they don't have somebody recently trained that um, they really need to partner with somebody who does, um, because uh, even though you think I, I look kind of young, um, you know, uh, I remember way back in the day um, when we did we did uh, the fast on paper, and just some of the rules back then were that uh, you're supposed Ooh. to do that after taxes, and uh, you know that was because you know they did things by hand, so the financial aid officers didn't want to mess with anything again. But uh, with the advent of the web and laptop computers, the deadlines were changed, and in the process for the financial aid officers a lot easier. So. They could uh, so now um, what they what they did recent up until recently the deadline the actually the opening date was January first, and so um, where people used to do uh, wait until springtime to do financial aid, if they did at least certainly in Illinois um, it would be too late. Um, by now the uh, the deadlines of uh, the Illinois MAP grant for example which is up to four thousand uh, dollars, that runs out in February or has run out in February. And, uh, and now with some more changes, um, they've actually moved the, the opening date for the FAFSA to October 1st. So basically that's six months earlier than when we did it back in our day. Um, and so because of that, um, you need to really be up on it and you really need to partner with somebody to know what are the right deadlines and, and just uh, doing these four steps in, um, in the right order can really help you be able to take advantage of all the new things that are happening. Okay, now that's interesting, and I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself, but when you talked about making sure people do things in the right order, do you have a cheat sheet that will have major deadlines that parents can, you know, should be aware of? You know, is that something that you have public, or do people need to make an appointment with you uh, so that they can get access? Well, I uh, you are talking a little bit ahead of time because um, what, actually what I've done is um, I've set up some tweets ahead of time. And so part of that, too, is we're, I've uh, set up a few tweets that, have, um, that talk about uh, deadlines and, and timelines for students. So starting even as early uh-huh. as middle school, uh, some things you need to do. So um, you guys can look forward to it. Um, my uh, t- uh, my uh, Twitter handle is DoGooderChicago. And so if you go on that, um, we'll, uh, things will, par- will be posting up. Actually, uh, they probably have already started. So you can just check there, and, and that particular aspect should be up uh, around the uh, 240 mark or so. Okay, awesome, awesome. And I will make sure that I go and, and get your tweets and retweet them. And we're also asking, you know, that if you go to these tweets that you would retweet them as well so we can get the word out. Oh, not a problem, not a problem. So your company, Do Gooder Consulting, you have a four-step-to-college program. Again, that's the numeral four steps, numeral two program. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Yeah, actually, it's a a program that was actually developed by the Lumina Foundation at the end of the last decade. 
And um, when I started working with ISAC, they they were uh, they just started working with about 10 states to see how this program could be implemented uh, nationwide. Uh, but however, for some reason, the board of Lumina decided to stop funding it, um, and uh, they did pass on the intellectual property control to the American Council of Education. So there is material mm-hmm. that's still out there, but um, again, they just like a, a number of different college-going programs over the years, I, I've noticed is that. Things will some great things will start up, but then for whatever reason they they stop. Um, but um, just I found that even though it, it's they haven't um, they've sort of stopped that that um, national funding for it, it still remains a very simple. It's a strong, a simple, but it's a very strong framework for students, parents, and organizations to help their youth um, to help steer them to a, a successful graduation from college. So. Um, again, it's something that's simple that, again, doesn't have to impede on, let's say, your theological um, um, mission or anything like that, but it's a great framework to help you just make sure you um, get all the things that uh, students need uh, for that. Okay, great. All right. I want to remind our listening audience that you're listening to Nonprofit U, and we're speaking with J.P. Paulus, the president of Do Gooder Consulting, we're talking about financing college education and making wise decisions. We've extended our podcast to one hour, and we'll be taking questions from our listening audience and from our chat room at about the 30-minute mark. The call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. Are those four steps to college? Yeah, well, step one is uh, for the, the student to find a caring adult. And, and really, students should be looking for several mentors to help them along the way. Um, we have everything from, of course, parents should be a part of it, but teachers can be part of it, uh, business leaders if they, have, uh, if they know what, where they want to go. Um, and there's people that you can pick up along the line, certainly um, after-school programs and uh, youth ministries. Uh, they can be uh, part of that, that network. But that, the one thing that I would really suggest is that especially with nonprofit organizations, they might be able to do this, is to help pull all those metrics together so that uh, they're all on the same page. And so sort of like the opposite of uh, intervention where a bunch of, pe- a bunch of uh, people who care about somebody are trying to stop them from doing something, uh, this mm-hmm. group can come together and help uh, the students um, to be on the, same, and be on the same page so that they aren't getting contradictory information. Now, okay. everybody might have some different perspectives on things, but at least if they're all on the same page, um, the student can then make, choices and, and really hear from different people and, and decide what's the best uh, route for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, step two is then to uh, push yourself, which is um, uh, encouraging students to try for harder classes, to take the tests that they need to be admitted, such as like the SAT, the ACT, or if they can take AP classes and tests. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that, again, especially with nonprofits that they can do is um, help them to participate in activities that make an impact. So rather than just goofing off or just doing um, playing games, that they, that mm-hmm. they can really um, do something that will not only um, look good on a resume, but really help them to develop the right mindset. And, uh, and also, that will give uh, colleges and scholarship committees the opportunity to see the potential of that student. Um, step three is something that I would say is actually more important than step four, which uh, when I say step four, people will immediately go to it. But um, step three is finding the right fit. Uh, and mm-hmm. what that means is what makes sense for the student. So uh, just an example of why that's important is that um, 
Eva, if a student got a full-ride scholarship to the Juilliard School of the Arts, which is a very prestigious university, I mean, most parents would say mm-hmm. would automatically say, that's a no-brainer. Hey, yeah, go do it. But if the student <laughs> right, right. has, like, two left feet and can't dance, they don't like painting, <laughs> they, you know, they have, don't understand the arts, they're just going to fail out of there and it's going to waste everybody's time and money. But meanwhile, let's say if we know a student that uh, – or there's a student that we know is going gonna, is gonna to be a successful doctor or lawyer and they have that on their mind. Those, that kind of student can, let's say, risk uh, more financially by taking out more loans because we know that that's they, they will be able to find work and, and pay that off. And so that that in that case, even though the cost seems enormous, the payoff will come out in the end. But again, we need to know what mm-hmm. what makes sense for that student. And then I remember, like when I went to school again, uh, again I'm that old that I remember doing Scantron tests. And um, oh wow! So had, oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah, so they filled out the bubbles, and at the end of that, um, uh, it gave me a report that said um, that uh, what was good field study for me would have been clergy and journalism. Now, especially like at the t- like at the time, um, I wasn't a very good speaker, and so I knew I wasn't a preacher. But if I had a good mentor back then, they would have been able to help point me out in the right direction and help me sort of get to this stage a little, lot earlier. Where um, even though I'm not a, uh, a pastor, like a preaching pastor, um, I do have a heart for ministry, and I've been able to help ministries along the way, and, and I might have been able to do that a lot quicker if uh, if I had somebody who could help me uh, walk through the, the, the results of that test. And uh, also, then the journalism has come into play with writing blogs and presentations. So, again, if somebody had, had, um, had known me and, and maybe known some of the upcoming technology, we might be able to um, get ahead of, let's say, um, like the web thing, because, again, school when the web was just emerging and so had mm-hmm. I had the right mentor might have been able to skip uh, some things or be able to take advantage of that um, and now these tests too are uh, are easily available on websites so schools have uh, a website I may maybe uh, have a website called uh, Naviance that they're part of or College Greenlight is another one where students can take these tests and help them figure out what's the right fit for them and then and then there's other tools to help them match them with the right college that makes sense based on that that finding. Um, and then step four is to find yourself some cash, so the whole financial aid piece. And uh, we can elaborate that in a few minutes, but um, just to let people know, I actually do seminars that last somewhere between one to two hours to focus on financial aid piece. So we're only going to touch on some of the basic things, but um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot more to that. So again, that, so if I can plug my own business on that, um, you know, uh, that's what I, I do for organizations to be able to help you walk through that and, and really make sure that you get everything that you need to know about that because financial aid is – there's a lot of detail that's in there. But um, if you were able to, to walk through that, um, through a seminar to do that, you'll be able to touch base on everything that you need. Okay, great. And before we go to the next question, you know, I want to um, go back to the second step. And, you know, that was where you're talking about push yourself and trying for harder yes. classes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, would one way of pushing yourself also include those extracurricular activities that will help you build team building skills or leadership skills? And if so, absolutely. you know, what might be some examples? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in that case, that also helps with the students as well that they can um, choose something that makes sense for them as well. So if they are into mm-hmm. sports, sports do qualify for that. Um, if they are into arts, then there's num- there could be a number of art clubs. Or also if they start a club, too, that also looks great for colleges and, and um, scholarships as well to show that you have some leadership skills. So um, mm-hmm. so for students, 
we definitely encourage them if there's something that they're interested in to go for it. And if they're, if they have an interest in something, but there isn't a club for it, starting one can, um, can be a great way just to show some leadership. And that, that's a great way to push yourself. Okay, great. And again, thank you so much for going over those four steps and, you know, you really delve deeply into the first three steps, but of course, step Mm -hmm. four, which includes money is also very Mm -hmm. important. And, Quite frankly, most parents might think about four before they think of any of the other steps, and sometimes that could be a, a daunting thought, you know, the money. So can you talk yeah. about what financial aid is and where it comes from? Yeah, well, basically financial aid is uh, now uh, because of the Affordable Care Act, um, it's, that's a great comparison where with the Affordable mm-hmm. Care Act, um, it really calls that um, really asks that people contribute something to their health um, and their well-being. But then the, the government mm-hmm. can also help people who don't have enough money to be able to cover that. And with the same way, financial, college financial aid, you are supposed to be responsible for, your, uh, for paying for college as best you can. But if there are gaps, um, there are methods that are available through the government as well as uh, private organizations as well to make that college education possible. And um, the, this financial aid comes from four different places. So like I mentioned, the federal government is, the, is one of the major sources, but also mm-hmm. states can be another source. So, uh, for example, in Illinois, um, through our MAP grant and other methods, uh, that's a great source for financial aid. Uh, the college itself, the institution, has, uh, has institutional aid that could help as well. So that, but that would be something you need to ask for. And then the other sources, private sources, which come from a myriad of sources. So it's so may seem a little overwhelming, but you're just thinking of every place from your local church, your local business to national foundations and corporations where you spend money every day. So the private sources, that's, that's a major area we can look through. Um, and then there are two types of uh, financial aid as well um, that you want to look into. So first is gift aid, which is the kind that everybody likes because you don't have to pay it back. And those mm-hmm. come in the form of scholarships. And then the second type is self-help aid, which includes work-study, um, which is actually considered fi- real, uh, financial aid, and uh, loans. And we can definitely talk about that in a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we definitely would love to learn more about this gift aid. So would you care to collaborate? Absolutely. Did I say collaborate? I'm sorry, that, that's Freud. Yes, okay. <laughs> well, we are He's collaborating, but yeah, but I'll elaborate on, I'll elaborate on that. Sure. Um, so um, grants and scholarships, anyway. Um, so people um, use those terms inter- interchangeably, but um, I'm going to give you some definitions, but I don't want people to, de- to get too hung up on them. But just just to give you a general idea of what uh, the, these two things are. So grants are generally needs-based, which that usually means mm-hmm. financial aid, but it could also mean the needs of the community. So, for example, um, so there's several states as well as the federal government have um, grants for incentives for prospective teachers um, to entice them to, to work in um, high-poverty settings. Uh, there are also grants for people who have served in the military. So um, Illinois, for example, has a, in addition to the federal program for, for veterans, Illinois has their own program as well. Um, and you can compare and see what the requirements are to see if what, whatever is the best fit for you. But again, depending on the state, so Illinois is a really good state for these type of programs. Uh, other states may not be as, as much, but again, the federal government definitely has some grants there. Um, now, the biggest financial need grants are the Pell Grants and the FSEOG Grant. And then in Illinois, we also have a MAP grant. And so in the state of Illinois, for example, the maximum that you could get for combining all those is over $14,000. So 
So there's definitely some money out there, but um, you won't be able to know that money until um, you apply your senior year of high school through the FAFSA, which um, is October 1st. Um, and we, we may uh, talk about later about that, about just how the changing deadlines, how, again, back when we did it, it was April uh, 15th, but it's mm-hmm. nowadays, it's six months earlier. So for that kind of grant money, you, kind of, you need to use the FAFSA, and there might be some other forms as well, but those, that's the main form you need to know for that. Now, scholarships, on the other hand, are based on who you usually based on who you are or what you've done, and um, they come and again they come from private sources. So any so there's all kinds of different areas that are there, different people who've okay. put that out there, and because there's so many different kinds of criteria, I can't specify deadlines or amounts. But um, I, I sort of think of them like baseball cards that you can and should collect them until you sort of complete your team of uh, of money. And there's different sources that are out there. Like uh, there's a, a blog called Scholar Shop Mom. So not scholarship with an I, but scholar shop, S-H-O-P, mom. Mm-hmm. So that gives you, that's a blog that helps you to find um, uh, scholarships. But I would really just warn people just to make sure that you never pay for a scholarship or pay for a scholarship search because there's just too much out there that for you to have to try to do that. Mm-hmm. Too much free stuff, right? And, yeah. And that's also, that's also one of the things that you can help navigate. You know, for your clients, Absolutely. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so yeah, going back to my Freudian slip, uh, when I okay. when I mentioned collaborate instead of elaborating, you know, I, I believe mm-hmm. that there are no accidents in this world. So, mm-hmm. given the collaboration, you know, I'm just wondering if at mm-hmm. some point you and I can, you know, if it, not just amongst ourselves, but maybe with some other mm-hmm. partners, collaborate. You know, sometime maybe late summer toward back to school or early, very early fall, September, you know, put yeah. on some sort of event where we're reaching out to kids and their Absolutely. parents. I mean, at, yeah, at a very minimum, I'm thinking a webinar, you know, I guess mm-hmm. in the best of all worlds, it'll be some some live event where people can actually reach out and touch you, JP. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's a, also a great um, point, too, just to make that uh, I didn't, hadn't thought about before, too, but just to remind people that because of all these changes that um, you definitely want to plan ahead. And so, again, with the FAFSA um, hap, um, being uh, available October 1st, that having mm-hmm. that late summer, early fall um, seminars, that you really you want to put that as a nonprofit organization. You definitely want to have that on your calendar. And even if you're not necessarily the one that's, uh, leading it or hosting it, that at least if you're able to communicate things, that that would be a huge benefit for your students. And so, for example, here in, on the south side of Chicago, um, we have the Silas Purnell College Expo that um, uh, meets every, uh, every September at uh, Tule Park uh, down here in uh, in the Chesterfield Chatham area. And so mm-hmm. that again, that would be something where, as a nonprofit, you may not be the one who's organizing. Uh, in terms of um, getting that together, but you could then gather your students and get them to those type of events and help support that in that way. So, yeah, okay. so thank you for that uh, collaboration uh, reminder. Okay, not a problem. I can think of some folks on the west side, you know, right off the top of my head mm-hmm. who might be interested in in speaking with you further. You know, again, that's yeah. not my really? area. That's mm-hmm. not my area of expertise. I haven't gone through that process. I'm I'm afraid to say I, I won't even tell you in how many years, and it's I, I will be totally useless. Well, you know, that's okay. And like, I like it, like it, huh? Well, that's okay. Like it, that's okay. Well, like I mentioned too, that uh, even if you had gone to college five years 
things have changed. Or even two years ago, you were used to doing your fast on January 1st, that even somebody who's just graduated, your information is, is now um, out of date. So, so don't feel bad. Wow. About okay, that. great. Good. So I, I can connect you with people, people in crowds. So <laughs> but, Appreciate it. Yeah, that helps. Okay, so I want to remind our listening audience that you are listening to Nonprofit You, and we're speaking with J.P. Paulus, the president of Do-Gooder Consulting, regarding strategies to finance college education and for strategies to help students make effective transitions. We'll be taking calls from our listening audience from telephone, and then if you're in the chat room and you want to chime in, now is the time to post your question. Our call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. And if you don't call in, you know, we do strongly recommend that you share this podcast with, you know, your friends who may have kids interested in college. Um, share it with other nonprofits that may have access to parents and students so that they can get a jump start. I think one of the big problems that we have in minority communities, particularly low-income minority communities, is we don't get this information out soon enough. So it's really not too soon, you know, to you know be thinking about this. I know we're kind of winding down from our school year, but, you know, it's still not too soon to start. Okay, so JP, one of the greatest yeah. barriers to earning a college degree is the cost. You know, I was looking at yes. U.S. News and World Report, and I was shocked, absolutely shocked to read that 70% of the college graduates have student loans in the range of $37,172. So, I mean, that's a whole salary for, for some folks. Yeah. Yeah. And and then when you you know, low income minority communities, the barriers, you know, beyond cost are even greater, mm-hmm. you know, just having the mm-hmm. sheer access to capital. And you mentioned loans earlier. So can you elaborate mm-hmm. on that and the benefits as well as the dangers and then talk about mm-hmm. other strategies such as work study? Yeah. Well, uh first thing let's see, I'm going to uh, touch on the work study because it's a little bit easier and just the idea with work study is that it, it, that um, people will think, oh, well, that's just a job like a, like a Starbucks job. But really with work study, there's a lot of advantages to it that a couple things is that the reason why it's set up too is that uh, they also understand your college schedule, whereas with Starbucks, you know, if you have a final the next day and, and they assign you to a, a shift, they, they really don't care. Where with work study, mm-hmm. it'll work around your class schedule and also, when you fill out the FAFSA in terms of financial aid, the money that you earn for work study, they don't count that for your next year's financial aid. So they expect the money that you use to use it for that year. And I mean, if you're if you're smart and you can save some money, you know, you don't have to necessarily spend it on, you know, if you need to send it home or something like that. If you're if you're wise about your money, you can do that. Um, if you don't blow it all, like let's say on Sunday night pizza or Monday night Tuesday night pizzas or whatever. Um, and so, uh, and it's, it's something that's, um, very helpful and it's, and those campus and those, um, work study jobs are usually close to campus as well. So there's a lot of advantage to that. So that's one aspect to, to look at, um, rather than just mm-hmm. getting any job, but, but getting the right job. So work study is, is one of those options and so mm-hmm. it's certainly worth it. 
Um, and then with loans, just looking at those, um, I'd have to look at the report to see exactly where those loans come from. But part of the problem, too, is that uh, I think people are taking the wrong loans out. So one of the um, things that we're uh, putting on Twitter at, uh, at Do Gooder Chicago is um, sort of the different loans that are available. So, so I'm going to go from worst to best, so just so, so people know um, what kind of loans they might be considering taking that – uh, they they should or shouldn't. Um, so like a payday loan, for example, you should never use it for anything. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that might be some things that get people into, tr- into trouble. Uh, credit cards, uh, I would only recommend that only if you need to if you need that for your very last semester. If that's the only thing that's stopping you from graduating your last semester, that might be your only your your that might be okay. But other than that, you know, people shouldn't go uh, shouldn't use that kind of debt for that. Or and even private loans that. Um, that there are companies that and they've been cutting down on that lately, but um, even mm-hmm. I think that, and that's where I think a lot of people get into trouble is getting those kinds of loans and going because um, just because of that option. They, so they should be very careful of that. And the colleges themselves might um, offer a loan. So you want to be careful of the colleges as well, depending on what kind of college. And mm-hmm. especially the problem too, I think is that people are, are picking colleges such as for-profit colleges, which have exorbitant um uh, prices, but then they aren't getting much for that money. And um, and again, because of legislation, a lot of those things have been shutting down. But um, now with uh, the, this new administration might be a little more favorable to, uh, they might be a little more biased towards for-profit colleges, so there might be some more danger in that. So even be careful with institutional loans. Um, mm-hmm. Federal loans are the ones that you really want to look at, and those are the Stafford loans and Perkins loans. And mm-hmm. the thing is, with those loans, which kind of shocks me looking at that, those averages is that um, there are limits on those kind of loans, too. So the idea with federal loans is that the purpose is not to get you into debt. The purpose is just to help you make it over that financial hump to, um, to graduate. And so they, they have limits on that. And with federal loans, they also do entrance interviews and exit interviews so to help you make sure that you're borrowing wisely and that you um, are not making bad decisions that will affect you later. So mm-hmm. again, um, so if you're looking into loans, if you if you can't make it, if you feel like you need a loan other than a federal loan, uh, I would re- at that point I would be very careful and really check to see what you know is are you at the right school then um, for mm-hmm. that. Um, and again, if and, and again, odds are that if they're in a for-profit college, then you're really in the wrong college, and you really need to uh, transfer out or find something that's that's better for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so are there other sources of financial aid? And you yeah, so there's some. Um, yeah, so I've got a, a short list here of, of things that are that are different options that are out there for people. That um, and we again we'll post the um, Do Gooder Chicago um, the Twitter page. Uh, we'll post the this in detail, but uh, just to run them through them really quick, some different options you want to consider are five two nine plans which include mm-hmm. prepaid tuition um, in Illinois. That's um, the College Illinois program. And basically mm-hmm. I describe that as college on layaway. So you're paying for your semester ahead of time at today's prices. So rather than waiting for inflation to catch up, you can start prepaying your tuition ahead of time. And that's a way to save money, mm-hmm. and there's some tax advantages to that. There's also a in Illinois, again, there's a, a Bright Start college savings plan. So that's another alternative mm-hmm. that where you don't have to pay a whole tuition, but – there are some advantages with that. Uh, another way to pay for college is public service. Um, now, with that service, it's usually done before entering college, so you had, you'd have to check and see if, that's, if that makes sense for your student. 
So the, those kind of options include military, the Peace Corps, or AmeriCorps. Uh, mm-hmm. And other options include uh, employee reimbursement. So sometimes it might be just for the employee to go back to school, and they'll help pay for that tuition. But uh, some professions, such as uh, teachers, for example, they might actually do that for your children. So that's something to look into. Um, payment mm-hmm. plans are also an- another way for people to um, consider so that if you can't come up with your portion of the tuition at the beginning of the semester, they might be willing to work with you to create a payment plan so you can spread that out. Um, another option to uh, save money or to, to, to sort of be financially um, wise is uh, deferred admission. So uh, people may not realize this, but in, in many cases, you can uh, wait up to a, one year before entering college. You have to inform them first, but what you can then do in that one year is uh, gives you some time to raise funds, whether it's through working or um, there's other kinds of fundraising. So, uh, or if you may decide to go to a community college to get some credits before you can transfer over, and then that that could save you some money. So that's something mm-hmm. to consider. And uh, something that's that's been relatively new, but um, is that uh, some schools, such as uh, the Chicago Public Schools, for example, have a partnership with their city colleges where uh, students can go to high school and college at the same time, so they can take certain college classes. And with that, they, they can get college credit while they're in high school. And so that's another way that you can um, sort of uh, cut off um, some uh, money. And then also, and just sort of along with that, is um, uh, AP classes as well, where you can take basically take tests that will, again, cut off, um, basically give you college credit. So those are two ways to get college credit while you're in high school. Okay. Um, another option that's out there is uh, crowdfunding. So now this is pretty relatively new, and so there's, there's some varying success on that. But I know some students who have used um, uh, things like uh, Kickstarter or GoFundMe to uh, collect money, and, and especially if you have a good um, social network, that might be a great way mm-hmm. to sort of spread the word and have you know, yeah. So that's that's something that's something that's new. That again, back in our day, we didn't we didn't have that. We just you would have to just go personally go up to grandma or other people to to get some money. But <laughs> right. This might be a better way for people here. Um, and then there's some other options too. There's um, organizations that. Um, give scholarships, but they, they have a whole uh, program involved with it. So, for example, the Posse Foundation um, has kids uh, come together basically as a group, as a cohort, or what they call a posse, and they mm-hmm. uh, get to know each other um, in high school, and then they go together to uh, a, a specific college. So let's say Middlebury College is, uh, is one of those that people, let's say a group of students from uh, Chicago could go to. And um, part of their program is that they're, they're going to be working together and helping support each other, which is, I think, one of the other vital things that to keep kids in co- not only in college but to gra- more importantly to graduate, is if you have a community that that can really help you to um, succeed. And so the Posse Foundation is one of those. There's another one that's uh, based in Chicago called Pursue Scholars that is similar to, to Posse, except that they focus on um, on uh, students who are involved in youth ministries and um, getting them to Christian colleges. So those are some options. Um, I don't know if there are any of the listeners have been uh, sending anything in the chat room, but, um, you know, any other suggestions? You know, we'd love to add those on there. Yeah, you know what? Something I have not heard, and it's just old-fashioned, what's starting to save, you know, for your, for college when your children are born. Yeah, and that, and, yeah, and again, that's where that, um, especially that prepaid tuition comes in. That you can, 
um, as soon as they're born, you can set up an account for them, and then over usually over 10 years, or if you do it that early, I'm not sure if they can extend it to 15 years, but mm-hmm. you can set up that uh, prepaid tuition program again. That's college on layaway, so that they're paying oh, the price okay. that if they were going yeah, so they're paying the price that if they were going to college right that year, the, the, the year they were born, you would pay that price. But then by the time that newborn gets to age 18. You know, even if their tuition is doubled, you know, from let's say it was ten thousand when you started it, but then the tuition is twenty thousand by the time they actually get to college, you've only paying that ten thousand dollars. So yeah, that's wow. that is definitely if you're yeah so if you're, yeah so if you're able to right. do that, then yeah, that's something you want to consider if you're able to do that. Definitely, you need to have uh, you know a tight budget on that. But if if you're able to do that, mm-hmm. it's it, it definitely would benefit. And like I right. said, that there are some tax benefits in that as well. All right, so that's that's better than an old-fashioned bank account. I was just thinking about yeah. rolling a few a few dollars away at a, at a regular bank account, but you know that's that's way better. So you, you're locking into a, a price. I, I guess futures for college education. That's what it sounds like yep. to me. You're, you're getting a contract at today's yeah. price, and and I think that's pretty beneficial. You know, when I was yeah. In school, I believe you could go to the University of Illinois mm-hmm. for about four thousand a year, something like that. Wow! Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that, 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 now that's the price of a community college. So yeah, that's right. yeah. So now I know it's yeah. much bigger than that. But yeah, and if, yeah. The, if that price doubles from whatever it is from whatever it is now, that uh, which what is it now twelve thousand or more? Yeah. That, uh, that price is locked in for, for today's price. You don't have to worry about that. Wow. Wow. And and education, the, the cost of education and health care seems to just, to me, um, grow faster than a rate of tuition. Uh, not tuition, of inflation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's why we do need to make those, get those strategies ahead of time. And, um, and combining all those different aspects from sort of that scholarship collection to doing uh, prepaid tuition once you put all those together, then it, it uh, then the price doesn't seem as scary as as when uh, as as it does now. Just just looking at it straight out and comparing it to our when we went to college. Right. Okay. And another one of the greatest challenges to finishing college, especially for inner city minority students, mm-hmm. is culture shock, so to speak. Yeah. You know, there's culture shock of going to either a large campus or even a smaller campus mm-hmm. where you know kids mm-hmm. come from a different background, usually you know. Mm-hmm white or more affluent, and that mm-hmm. can be discouraging, you know, just not fitting in. So what are some of the strategies that you would recommend for, for these kids to increase their chances mm-hmm. of success? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, part of the thing that we talked about community, and I think that's the, that, that's really the key thing uh, of there, and there's some different types of communities you can build. So, um, so again, like uh, with the Posse Foundation, that they've already sort of built a little community ahead of time so that um, – students walking into that college, you've got other students who understand what you're going through and can help you do things. Um, for me, uh, a community that is very useful for me was um, InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. And mm-hmm. so those, oh, okay. especially those coming in, yeah, and there's also Campus Crusade for Christ, or known as Crew Now, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah. um, Navigators. So um, those are some things that uh, you can direct students to right away. And um, sort of the beauty of the, the Internet that, that, and the age that we're in now is that you can find out all about these different kinds of programs, but then you can also contact these people in real time too, so that you don't have to wait till that very first day that you can start getting to know people ahead of time 
and um, and see you know who's who's out there that they can sort of be there for you. So that way, when you're in there, you don't feel alone, but that you you got somebody there that you can trust. Um, and then also the other thing that that's um, that we have on college campuses nowadays, I think, are very strong uh, multicultural offices. So uh, especially like mm-hmm. if, you, there's a, if you're a specific ethnic group, that that can um, mm-hmm. that you've got somebody that's there that can help uh, with uh, can help you talk through those different issues and that you can speak honestly with on that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the other thing to uh, I would and just some, this is just kind of since you sort of brought this up here, just kind of a random thing, but just something to really. Uh, for nonprofits, if you're guiding your youth to, to really uh, maybe challenge them onto, is um, so that even some of those privileged students that um, you know uh, look look for the ones that are sort of quiet because I think those are student those are uh, people that the students can if they make friends with them right away that they can help maybe build get some trust in so that those students too can might be able to will be more uh, will be less judgmental and and more willing to help in the areas that that, that uh, the student needs help with and. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you need you need to really sort of uh, get those students ahead of time, so that way, again, that, that way, the again with building community and building trust, that that's that's the key thing is having people that you can trust, and that the, and there mm-hmm. are people that are out there. Okay, awesome. Okay, I want to remind our listening audience again that you're listening to Nonprofit You, and we're speaking with J.P. Paulus president of Do-Gooder Consulting. We're talking about financing college education, making wise decisions, and right about now we're talking about also strategies for finding other sorts of social support. Uh, We've extended our podcast to an hour, and we're taking questions from our listening audience as well as our chat room. So if you have any questions, feel free to type them out. Feel free to call in. The number is 347-884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. If you don't call in, we do ask that you share this podcast with those friends of yours who may have kids thinking about college. Um, Share this with high school counselors, people in your churches, other nonprofits, even your elected officials. In short, just share this with people who have access to other crowds of people. You know, this is information that we don't hear regularly, and we usually find ourselves scrambling at the very last minute or even when it's too late, you know. So I I really do appreciate JP for coming on and cutting our heads open and pouring in knowledge. So with that said, JP, what are some of the common mistakes that students make when it comes to college? Yeah, well, I think um, one big one that we had mentioned before is the nonprofit, or I mean, I'm sorry, uh, the for-profit colleges. And uh, uh, the problem is that with these colleges, they um, they really, um, uh, sorry about that, I'm listening on the other line here. Um, one of the biggest problems is that they listen to all the commercials and and it, and uh, which make the college look good, but they don't necessarily know that um, people really uh, look at those colleges or you know really respect those colleges. So they they make they uh, choose their college based on what they see versus what they actually know based on what people um, are saying. 
mm-hmm. like let's say employers are, are looking at. And so that's that's a big uh, problem. Um, and I think, uh, and they, or they might be uh, choosing their college based on superficial things like, you know, is the sports team good? Um, especially if they're <laughs> not the star player. So if they're, you know, if they're if they're being recruited by a major university, okay, great. Yeah, then yeah, you should look at what's the best team for you. But if that's not you, if you're just going there because of uh, parties or whatnot, then no. <laughs> so, yeah, so just uh, making sure that they, they, they choose it in, in the, uh, for the right reasons. Right. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. And then, too, I, I find that um, people may go into careers for money, right? Do you want to elaborate yeah. on that? Yeah, so um, even though, yeah, we do want our kids to be uh, successful as they can be, but uh, we uh, we shouldn't push them just because really if it's a career that we want, we wish we could have gone into or, or, the, or uh, you know, things that will make us feel better. Um, and I know that sort of, uh, sort of goes against what we've been taught, that we want our kids to, to do better than what we did, but... Uh, right. We really want them to to pick the right uh, career for them because if they're uh, if they choose something that they don't like, then they might be able to to push through it for a couple of years. But at some point, then they're going to break, and then all of that work has gone for nothing. Versus if it's something that they're passionate about, um, and again with wise mentors, uh, we might be let's say if they are somebody who's going into the arts, a wise mentor might help them too to to learn that okay you do need to have maybe a secondary job until your career in acting or whatever takes off but um again we shouldn't push them just to get the money the the job just because it's about the money because if they if they're doing something that they're passionate about and they really love they can become successful mm-hmm. at it um and possibly even more successful than if they went to the job that is supposed to be the good job mhm so what are some of the strategies you would recommend for students that are drowning in student loan debt? You know, that's a huge problem now. Yeah. So I think it depends on where they are with it, too. So if you are um, – so if you've already graduated, it's – a couple things that you need to know is that there are some options. That The first thing is don't pay your student loans because that will hurt so many things from credit to other things. So you can mm-hmm. call the student loan uh, organization um, – and then they can help work with you. There's some different options that are out there nowadays, especially um, uh, with some recent legislation so that you're, you may be able to get um, graduated um, repayments so that you don't have to – so if your payments are too much right now, they might be able to work with you on that. There are different mm-hmm. uh, ways to possibly cancel the debt or uh, depending on your career field as well, there's um, working for a number of different government agencies that could um, also – um, automatically reduce your your uh, student loan debt uh, just by the fact that you're working with them, so that you are not, they aren't taking it from your paycheck, but they're just actually literally um, erasing your debt. So those are some mm-hmm. options to um, also yeah. So again, and depending on your career, so that if you're going into teaching and you decide to teach in a higher poverty area, those are some other ways mm-hmm. to um, get your debt erased. Um, if you're currently in that situation, again, you want to check and see where are you. So if you are at a for-profit college, then that's probably the reason why you're getting a lot of debt and it's not going to be helpful for you. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, so you definitely want to transfer to another university that will, especially like a state uh, or a local university, university that can help you to graduate because um, without that college degree, um, 
you will have you'll have the same loan as somebody who did graduate, but you won't be able to get the job. You need to pay off that debt. So, whether mm-hmm. you graduate or not, you're still responsible for the debt. And but if you graduate, that'll help you to be able to um, uh, get get rid of that debt in a way that's helpful for you. Okay, great. Uh, we know that students who have B averages and above, you know, it's relatively easy them, and, and I say that that's relative, everything is so competitive yeah. now, but relative to your average students, they have an easier time you know, getting financial mm-hmm. aid and scholarships. Mm-hmm. Are you aware of any scholarship programs and other strategies that average students or even those marginal students can utilize? Yeah, well, I think, again, I think what, uh, what, you, what uh, students need to do is really think of the um, scholarship search as basically a job um, and again it's really a job where um, I can't think of too many other jobs where um, that, that are legal ethical or available where you could uh, make a hundred dollars uh, an hour um, for work that um, you know that you can do that um, will pay for college so even if you're going for what seems like small scholarships like three hundred dollars five hundred dollars by itself it's not a lot but Again, if you collect them like baseball cards, when you bring them all together, you get you get something that's very valuable. And so, mm-hmm. what you want to do then is is look at um, local areas. So whether it's like a small business, um, uh, see if they have scholarships. Um, also, again, doing those uh, searches like at, at Scholarship Mom. Um, those mm-hmm. are some ways that um, that you can collect those scholarships and start early too, so that uh, you know even if they're if they're young, they might be able to. Um, collect scholarships, uh, depending on, you know, sometimes they have scholarships for even uh, middle school students. So you definitely mm-hmm. want to be on the lookout for that. But basically, make that scholarship search a, a part-time job. Because, again, if you, you know, even if, in a way, it's like a sales job where when people do sales, sometimes, you know, a lot of times when they do visits and things like that, they don't get, they don't get the sale. So, but it doesn't mean that they're not working. Uh, but then when they get that sale, you know, that's, um, then it really comes together, and then all that effort that they made in those failed sales really um, works out. So mm-hmm. um, I would just have try to get your students in the mindset that, that they're, do, they're doing a job, and then again, that every time they they win a, win a scholarship, even if it's a small one, that that's that's money that they've earned. So hopefully yeah, that that would so be one way just to cheat mindset. Right. You know, a number of churches and social clubs, you know give out scholarships, you know, they, they they may have, maybe the only requirement in some cases is that they get accepted to college and they can show that they're going. So I, I think you're absolutely right. Just try to piece together the smaller ones. Yeah. And uh, and the other thing, too, is just to ask people, too. So, um, and, to, and to not be afraid of just applying, even if it doesn't seem like it. So uh, there's an mm-hmm. anecdote that I've had um, where, uh, a student had uh, applied for a um, scholarship from a, a, a company that makes tombstones at uh, cemeteries. And mm-hmm. you know, they, they just did it on the fly. They didn't think it would be any big deal. But um, what uh, they found out later was that um, that, sco- that uh, scholarship was uh, available for 10 students, but only nine others had applied. So the fact that they just applied for it gave them the opportunity to actually uh, win that scholarship. Wow. So what are yeah, some so, of the lessons that, mm-hmm. okay, oh, I'm ahead. sorry, I, 
So, yeah, so what are some of the lessons that you learned along the way as they relate to financing college education and, and then making that transition to college? Yeah, well, I think um, part of it is, again, I think we've touched on that a lot, is the big thing is community, that um, that students who have a community uh, before college and also at that college are far more likely to succeed. And, um, and again, that, that's where the collaboration comes in, where in it's inspiration where, you know, even if uh, things get down for a student, if they have a community, they've got somebody there that can help pick them up. Um, and if they get discouraged, if they haven't, they, so if they didn't get that scholarship that they thought they would get, or even if they didn't get that grade that they thought they would get, there's having a community will help you to sustain that and and get you through that hump. And um, <laughs> so I think that's a huge thing that um, I think, especially again, nonprofit organizations that are tuning in, that's something that they can help build and that they can uh, help develop and sustain. And that that's one of the areas where you can shine at. Um, and uh, I think one of the other lessons just learning too is that um, just seeing from other students is that without good planning that it's very hard to succeed. But if you plan ahead of time, if you, again, like uh, doing those things, those, those steps that we talked about, um, especially like mm-hmm. finding that right fit. And again, those programs uh, are available for, for students as young as 13 where they can just type in all their answer some questions, find out their interests. So once you find, if you can find that out early enough, then you can um, start doing things like internships with uh, appropriate people, and then those do those internships. You can find out what is the best college for you, so that um, mm-hmm. so that they, they aren't wasting, wasting the, the wrong time in in a, in a bad college. So again, like let's say even like let's say if you did hairdressing, if there's a certain college that advertises that they you know that they um, train barbers, but if that's not the one that you but if the people who are in that industry don't respect it, then you know it doesn't make sense to go to that college. Um, right. and again, trying to find, you know, which, what is the, again, the best value and the best, uh, and, and looking in places that you wouldn't think of. So for example, Kennedy King college, which is a community college here in Chicago, they have a culinary program that's there and the benefit of them versus, uh, a for-profit college like Le Cordon Bleu is that, um, this community college, then you also have access to, um, uh, business, um, uh, classes as well. So other things that can help your business. And the other thing mm-hmm. too is, at least with um, the community college, they do work in uh, in in restaurant settings. So they so people really get um, a great experience there. Even though you think, oh, you went to a community college, but that uh, in at least in that program, you've got some connections and in, in a lot of ways where you can succeed. Versus again, the the college that you see on commercials all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we've come to the end of our show, and I'd like to thank J.P. Paulus, the president of Do Gooder Consulting, for being a guest today. Before we go, J.P., would you care to share any parting thoughts and tell our listening audience how they can get in contact with you? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I guess I would like to just uh, say that uh, even though no matter how daunting uh, this college experience seems, and, and it has become more complicated in some ways over the years, um, there's also many more resources that are available, certainly more than, than what we had when we were growing up. Um, and I'm, and if I can, again, plug myself, I'm certainly one of those resources. Mm-hmm. And I would love to work yes, with um, not just individuals, but more importantly with churches and nonprofits to help you build a sustainable program so that um, you help your, your youth not just get to college, but more importantly to graduate. Because, um, again, as we mentioned, that dropping out will just put you into debt without the benefits of college. 
So uh, we want, really want to strive for getting um, our students to graduate. Um, and again, the um, the uh, the basis, the biggest thing for organizations uh, that are tuning in is that um, you, know, you have a unique role and authority in the lives of your families. And um, it's okay that after listening to all this, that you still don't feel equipped to help. Um, there are people out there who can. Um, I'm one of them. You know, you can call me at 872-222-8008 if you have any questions um, or uh, want to disconnect. You can also email me, jp at do-gooder.us. And then you can also check um, my website as well if you need uh, any questions um, answered about what I do. Uh, Or also you can check the blog too where I try to post up some advice, uh, especially on the area of financial aid and and the college-going process. And that's at blog.do hyphen gooder dot us. Awesome. Okay. I want to thank our listening audience for listening to today's show. You've joined us at Nonprofit U Blog Radio Talk Show. The show will be available for download within about an hour. And again, we're encouraging you to share this in your network. We want to make sure that students for next year, get a get a really early start, especially with the changes in a number of these um, deadlines. So be sure to turn oh. in, tune in next week. I'm sorry, it sounds like you oh, had I'm, one I'm more thing to add. Yeah, sorry, Valerie, I forget to uh, uh, just remind people too that again, we've uh, on Twitter. Uh, if you go to the handle at Do Gooder Chicago, we've posted a lot of the graphics of the things that we've talked about. So if you are trying to visualize what we're talking about. Uh, we have it out there as well. So, again, use the hashtags that uh, Valerie has provided of the hashtag NonprofitU or also the hashtag Four Steps to College, where the four and the two are the numbers four and two. Okay, awesome. And on that note, I want to admonish you to be sure to tune in next week for a discussion on performance management. Again, JP, thank you so much. I- I've learned a whole lot. Things have definitely changed since I was in school. Great. Well, thank you so much, Valerie. Appreciate it. And I'll be tuning in next week as well. Yes, thank you so much. And we will definitely be in touch so we can collaborate on getting the word out to our kids. Great. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye.